Welcome back to the podcast, guys. This is day five of our little journey as we reflect and meditate on the power of God. I've enjoyed this. I hope you have. I, I, I hoped on, you know, day five to move to the New Testament because my plan was to show you uh, that so many of these same traits of this power that we see in God, we see in Jesus. And he makes some bold, tough statements that I think we should see. Uh, but there's one more I got to hit in the Old Testament today. And so if you have your Bible, we're going to be in Exodus chapter 3 again. Uh, yes, we were in Exodus already once. We're going to be in it one more time. But uh, And remember, you'll have a few minutes after we read this and just to chill and reflect. And I hope maybe you're going to go back and reread it on your own. But there is a statement in Exodus chapter 3, and I'm going to read a good bit of it. I'm going to read 3, 1 through 14, because the statement he makes in verse 14 is one of the coolest, like most mic drop, just baddest dude in the room statements I have ever heard in my life. And it's just so powerful. So it says this in chapter 3, verse 1. Now Moses was pasturing the flock of Jethro, his father-in-law, the priest of Midian. And he led the flock to the west side of the wilderness, and he came to Horeb, the mountain of God. The angel of the Lord appeared to him in a blazing fire from the midst of a bush. And he looked, and behold, the bush was burning with fire, yet the bush was not consumed. So Moses said, I must turn aside now and see this marvelous sight, why the bush is not burned up. When the Lord saw that he turned aside to look, God called to him from the midst of the bush, said, Moses, Moses. And Moses said, Here I am. Then God said, Do not come near here. Remove your sandals from your feet, for the place on which you are standing is holy ground. And he said also, I am the God of your father, God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob. Then Moses hid his face, for he was afraid to look at God. And the Lord said, I have surely seen the affliction of my people who are in Egypt and have given heed to their cry because of their taskmasters, for I'm aware of their sufferings. So I have come down to deliver them from the power of the Egyptians and to bring them up from the land to a good and spacious land, a place flowing with milk and honey, to the place of the Canaanite and the Hittite and the Amorite and the Perizzite and the Hiviite and the Jebusite. Now behold, the cry of the sons of Israel has come to me. Furthermore, I have seen the oppression with which the Egyptians are oppressing them. Therefore, now come. And I will send you to Pharaoh, so that you may bring my people, the sons of Israel, out of Egypt. But Moses said to God, Who am I that I should go to Pharaoh, and I should bring the sons of Israel out of Egypt? And God said, Certainly I will be with you, and there shall be a sign to you that is, I have sent you. When you have brought the people out of Egypt, you shall worship God at this mountain. Then Moses said to God, Behold, I am going to the sons of Israel, and I will say to them, The God of your fathers has sent me, now that they may say to me, What's his name? What shall I say to them? And God said to Moses, I am who I am. And he said, Thus you shall say to the sons of Israel, I am has sent me to you. Oh my gosh, guys. I am. Who are, what's your name? What, what should I do? I, I want to go to Israel and I want to do what you're telling me to do, but who am I supposed to tell them you are? I mean, you know, I, I, I don't know. You tell them this. I am sent you. That is probably one of the most powerful statements I have ever read in my life. Our God is 
the great I am. And I know, I know, maybe you're listening to this and you know that and you've heard that and you've, uh, you know, maybe that's run in and out of your brain in passing, but have you ever stopped and thought about the power it takes to say, I am? Like, I am what? Yeah, you're right. I mean, I, I, are, are, you, are you God? Are you, are you the king? Are you, are you the ruler? Are you the light? Like, I am. I am the fullness of everything. And, and when, when we think about the power of God, when we think about all his different character traits, we must remember this. God is the fullness of everything. He is love and he is the fullness of love. He is peace and he is the fullness of peace and joy and the fullness of joy and power and the fullness of power and justice and the fullness and the righteousness and the fullness and wrath in its fullness and mercy in its fullness. Everything. He is the completion of it. He is the meaning of it, the definition of it, the full. He's everything. He is the great I am. As you and I open the Bible together, as we get to spend time with God, we are spending time in the presence of the great I am. And it's so, I was listening to this sermon from Francis Chan the other day, and he was just talking about, you know, we say, I don't, I don't love to read. Who cares if you love to read? Do you love God? It doesn't matter. When I open the Word, when I open the Word of God, I am in the very presence of the great I am. Even right now, as as I share these thoughts with you, we have shared scripture. There's one or two or more gathered. We're gathered here together. The presence of the great I am. We are in the presence of God. God hears us. The I am hears us. He hears our thoughts. He hears our, our words. Everything. This is the God we serve. This is the God I'm praying to. This is the God who intimately cares about me. This is the I am. Do you need wisdom? I am. Do you need hope? He is the I am. Do you need peace? He is I am. What do you need? What, what do you, what's missing in your life? What's not complete? He is, I am. He is the completion. Do you get that? He is the alpha. That means the beginning. He is the omega. That means the end. And he is everything in between. He is, I am. He does not need the world to exist, yet the world exists because of him. He is, I am. Like, praise him for that. As we leave the Old Testament today and we prepare for a couple of days in the New Testament, think about how these ancient Israelites, these people who worshipped God, they worshipped the fullness of God. Not just a God who agreed with them. Not just a God who affirmed every thought they had. Not just a God who always made them feel warm and cozy, but a God who, who sometimes you'd read stories of people coming to the throne room and they were, they were just overcome. And, and in, in Isaiah, he was like, I fell dead before him because I was so overcome with his power. He is, I am. Man, I don't know what that means for you, but I think it should mean something to us that I am is for you. The great I am is for you. The great I am is in love with you. 
The great I am is allowing you proximity to his presence, that you and I would be sons and daughters of the one who is, is what is, yes. Oh, that's it. I'm going to stop there. Will you just reflect on that for a few minutes? Will you reflect on it? Will you you think? Will you just shut your eyes and imagine? Just like literally for five minutes, just shut your eyes and picture the words I am and see what imagery comes to your mind. See, See if you can even picture for five minutes what it would look like to be complete, lacking nothing, the fullness of all good things. This is our God. He is I am. Enjoy your five minutes. I'll see you tomorrow.